With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back to the podcast where Zach has joined us back to discuss the Chicago Bears 23-20 to win over the Houston Texans when they visited Chicago. Uh, got the dub. Uh, they are now 2-1. and one. The Bears 2-1. and one. I don't know if people would say that much going into the season. Uh, but Zach's back. He's the co-host of USFL podcast, Inside the Walls podcast. The 4th and 4 is now back every Sunday to talk about the NFL, so it's all back. Uh, so this is his fourth recording that he has to do, but you're back. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got a, got a few this week. Actually, it's going to be kind of a busy week because uh, the USFL one we're doing on biweekly basis until kind of the offseason really kicks in. So this is the this is the on week for recording. So, yeah. Busy week, but you know I, lo- I love it. This is this is like it's a hobby. It, it's a hobby of mine. It's fun to talk sports, you know, get things off our chest. Not really much to get off the chest this week, though. I mean, I, I guess there, I guess there's one hanging, looming force that everyone's talking about in this win. But two and one, like, hey, I'll take the two wins. You know why not? Yeah, you. So we always give our pick at the end. You were the closest. You said twenty to thirteen, Chicago. I said seventeen fourteen. Um, you were the closest because it was twenty twenty for a little bit. Um, but yes, the Bears got the win. But we'll we'll talk about it all. It's a weird win. It doesn't feel like a win. It was very uh, lethargic. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. it. Just felt very blah. 
at times. Um, <clears throat> we can start with – we'll just start with the defense because we know the big thing on the other side that's kind of the elephant in the room. But the defense, um, things taken away from there was um, Gordon does seem to be the guy that they're targeting. Uh, Mills, they took shots at Gordon. Um and Eddie Jackson's back. I think he's back to being full form, but they know not to throw to him. He did have that interception and everything else. But to me, watching it, they give up some pass plays, and they just look to Gordon. They look over to his side. I think, like you said last week, Green Bay might have – Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay might have said, hey, that's the guy you're going to have to throw to, the rookie. Like, go go to him. He's going to have to learn quick. Jalen Johnson not being in this one, obviously, was another looming – I think presence, you know, because you, you then you have to lean, you know, of course you got to lean back on, I think it was Jalen Jones and then, uh, you know, having more Kendall Vildor out there. I have my, I have my personal thoughts on Kendall Vildor. He actually had some decent plays in this one, surprisingly. Um, and that, I'm spray, just based on recent years, I'm saying why, but you know, the trend continued. They did pick on Kyle on Kyler Gordon. Um, I don't think that's going away. Uh, he's going to have to pick up the speed, the speed, and some of the some of what he needs to do pretty quick. Because three games in, and every game so far, I would say he's not. Maybe not every game he's been the worst DB on the field, but he is certainly, I think, so far given up the most big game or at least drive continuing plays so far out of these three contests. It's going to be a looming factor, you know. And Rogers, Rogers toned into it. Um, the Texans, for what it's worth, did it for the most part when they when they were able to throw. I mean, Mills had some solid play actions that they were able to do, which was their really their bread and butter all day. Just quick fake handoff and then kind of throw on the first or second read. You know, get about ten to fifteen yards downfield. It, it that's something to keep in mind. You know that, and I was kind of surprised that they only got to Mills one time. That, that uh-huh. Texans line held up extremely well for what we had seen through the first few weeks for Chicago. So uh, I got to give them props because I was expecting much more than just one kind of broken play sack. Right. Because um, kind of leading into that, one thing people talked about was Gibson being out there. Like they keep mm-hmm. keeping him on the side. And it's like maybe it's time to just play him. Maybe it's time to get him a lot more reps at defense because – you, I think somebody posted yesterday, like, is Robert Quinn still playing because you don't hear his name as much? And we mm-hmm. talked about it at the Bears thing. Like, when you don't have Cleo Mack on the other side and now it's on you, you're the one that's going to get the vocal point. So somebody has to pick up the slack on the other side. And so when that defensive line doesn't get pressure, to sack Mills one time against a offensive line for the Texans that isn't top-notch, it's not the best O-line they're going to see all year, that's a little concerning when they don't get to him. Um, the only people that played well, I think, on defense were the linebackers. Believe it or not, I think it was just the linebackers. That's what those like overall linebackers and Eddie Jackson. Like those were the only ones that consistently played well. Um, because Gordon showed athletic ability. He had like that jump pass that he almost intercepted one handed and all that stuff. He yeah. every good play he makes, there's something else that he'll let up later on. But like Roquan Smith played better. Even though he was hurt, he was a game-time decision saying he's healthy. Let's put him out there. Defensive line didn't get pressure. They ran the ball well, too. David Mills got his things, but they also ran the ball pretty well. So that, that it's concerning just because of what we're used to. Let's put it that way. And we'll talk about that on offense because there's a lot to talk about there. We're just so used to the Bears having a good defense. Even when Mitch was there, there was a good defense. Now everything's being rebuilt, and we're not used to that. I, I do got to give some props because Jackson definitely had a solid had a solid game. I mean, he's flying all over the place. Really been impressed with what he's been doing this year. I think, uh, like we've talked about in recent weeks, like the new hits mentality that, or sorry, Eberflus's hits mentality, which is mm-hmm. new to Chicago at least, or bringing back essentially the gang tackling format and kind of making sure you're chipping in. You know, it's definitely seemed to give him more leeway to kind of be that imposing force he used to be a few years back. You know, he looks like he's more freewheeling and dealing, doing what he wants to do, flying around, you know, making being a playmaker first. And I think that that is excelled. You know, the tip drill interception, great. You know, it was a, it was a one-two punch of good secondary play coupled with finishing off a tip drill scenario. Um, you know, he's second leading in tackles, only behind, of course, an even better day 
in Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. And for all the crap he got last week against Green Bay from Chicago media, from even some national media folks, he showed up after little to no practice. His status was up in the air. This is a game to me that says, like we've discussed, and I think others have discussed, if you're going to keep Roquan, look at this game, and I think he's worth paying to stick around for the Bears' future. I do worry that Chicago's still going to mess this up, and they're going to let him walk out the door because he'll ask for too much. Mm-hmm. Because it'll be like it'll play it out like Allen Robinson, although some folks are going to talk about the LA scenario, whatever. Nonetheless, Jackson and Smith, they showed up. They showed out their stars on this defense again. At least Jackson looks like he's back. Mm-hmm. That's got me excited. Yes. I'm very happy for that. Yes, because people even act like Roquan Smith didn't play well today. And I'm like, no, it was just a silent. It was last year. He did not make the Pro Bowl, which was like awful. To me, the, the AP and all the voters have been underrating him since yes. he's been in the league. And I, I'm getting a little tired of it. If he doesn't get the accolades this year that he is expected, I don't know what's up. Because, I mean, people keep saying, oh, he's bad in pass coverage. Dude, I keep seeing plays where he's he's getting out there and making plays and you know covering out in the flat or getting and making bruising impacts on tackles. I don't understand this. So I'm hoping that they don't undersell him again. Because this guy is arguably a top three top five linebacker in the nfl right now right you know this is if you're talking stars at the position you cannot go without mentioning roquan smith and if you do you clearly you clearly have been living to me under a rock the last two to three seasons you need to get your goggles on and look at the overall field he is one of the top guys right now yeah i mean six solo tackles two tackles for losses he was a part of 16 other ones like and he had mm-hmm. an interception at the end that guy, and again, now we also have to look at this. For me personally, he's playing a different role than last year because they were running a 3-4 type of defense. Now they're in a 4-3. So yeah. now he's able to even show different parts of his game. Not Brian Urlacher-esque type mentality, but now he will have to drop more in coverage. He will have to do different things. And the Bears might screw this up. if The, the longer that goes on, like when we're getting to like week 11, if we still haven't heard anything about them signing him, I will start to be worried about if they're going to screw it up. Well, he is his own agent, so uh, he would definitely give him give him updates on himself if right. and when that comes up. And I know that's been scrutinized too. Look, whatever player agents have been a thing. I mean, for crying for crying out loud, uh, Bobby Wagner freaking negotiated his own contract, and that turned out amazingly for him <laughs> when he was in Seattle for all those years. So there are instances where this can be done, and it works out. You know, it's not just just Play it, play it along, fans, and follow along. I hope that they come to an agreement. You don't want, you don't let a generational talent like this guy slip out of your hands. You know, you, you just don't do it. Not at the, not at how young he is as well. So, well, it's a Chicago team, so they're they're used to screwing it up. Uh, well, how about how about this? Linebackers a legacy position for the Bears. Don't let a legacy position slide out the door because it seems again. Chicago, what are they great at? They're gra- they draft they draft excellent, I think, at running back, defensive spots pretty much across the board. It's just been that's just the luck of the draw. It's like destiny, you know. Right. They just happen to get these spots, so I don't think you let them go. And I'll tell you what, that interception that gave me some Earl Acker type of vibes. You know, that's the type of game changing play you expect from that spot. You know, it, he's it's it's just continuing a legacy of good run linebacker play for the Bears. It it follows with this team endless defense yes um but they have much room to improve on which when we there'll be an episode later on to talk about them versus the giants but there are some holes in that defense that concern me but when you have eddie jackson back there roquan smith you still have robert quinn yes he's still on the team but i think they have to get gibson more reps to kind of get that other side of the defensive line moving um and I think we all have to accept that defenses nowadays are going to give up yards. They just don't want to give up the points. Yeah. They're like Mo- modern day, right? Um, Lovey Smith was on part of my take, and he even said that he was like, "Well, we get." We, they were asking about something. He goes, "Well, yeah, we gave up all these yards, but we didn't give up the points. Like they're okay with bending and not breaking type of mentality." Um, well, he should know that better than anyone else, <laughs> right? Uh, with his defense. Um, 
and he's calling the defense for the Texans. I completely forgot. I knew he became when he came to the coach. I forgot he kept calling the defense. Um, the, the the Texans did screw it up a little bit though when it was twenty twenty. They threw that interception to Roquan. I was like, maybe they should have just ran the ball there. Right. Well, I felt like we were going overtime. It just felt like that they these two had kind of gotten into a stalemate a little bit. And I mean that that interception. I mean, I, what's not being talked about enough is that was a tip ball as well. Yes. So it was a ba- it was a bang bang play where defensive good den- defensive good technique and re- reading pass recognition played out super well to where it just led to a chip shot win. I mean, thirty yards for Kyra Santos. It's easy. Of course, if they talk anything fifty yards, you know we know the stats because announcers are easily going. If it's beyond fifty, Cairo is not so great from the from deep. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, we're hoping that doesn't have to be all the damn time, right? Jesus. <laughs> um, but nailed nailed the winner as as expected. You know, he's been and the solution for that kicking drama since the Matt Nagy era. So, which at least that's been consistent. If you saw the Arkansas versus Texas A and M game. The very end, Arkansas goes for the win. They kick the field goal, hits the very top of the goal post. How crazy. Which was crazy, so I tweeted out. I said, Arkansas fans, us Bears fans are here with you. We understand what this feels like when it hits the upright. We understand. So any Arkansas fans, we are there for you. I just wanted to throw that out there. I feel. I feel for that. I feel for that so hard. Except it was, I, I, if it wasn't for the game winner, I would sit there and say, that's awesome. Who hits the very top of the post? But we'll think about, we'll think about it, too. That comes down to just where the ball's rotated at in the kick. Because I imagine if you have it where it's – I bet it hit where it hit, like, the here's the two tips. Like, you have one up, one down. It's weird. Here, yeah. mirror images. So now you understand. See, if it was like this, I bet it hit like that and it bounced off. But if you have it like this and then it rotates the ball over – you know, right? Because you got the top force, so that's it's so weird how that works. You know, but yeah, I I watched that. And I felt bad, but anyway, back to the Bears. I just thought of that. Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess defensively, I don't know. Run game was a little bit better. They did settle down second half uh, because Damian Pierce was getting his his own kicks, but uh, Houston's attack, as expected, was much more balanced as it's been. Uh, a lot heavier on Davis Mills, whereas we can't say that about anything with the Bears passing attack through three games. Jesus what? Christ. We're just going to open up or rip the Band-Aid off. We're going to talk about the elephant in the room. It, we're going to discuss. It's time. <laughs> and we're going to be all over the place because I tweeted a lot of things. People said things to me. I had conversations. And I will say this. There's a part of me that yesterday I was going to be like, you have to suck it up and hop on with me because we have lots of thoughts to get on this podcast. But I'm also <laughs> thankful there was time to think about it because if it was right after, I'm watching all these other shows and I'm listening to them and I go, yeah, I need more time to think about this than these guys that are just doing this. But then people say things that piss me off and I'm like, okay, well, I have to address this on YouTube. So I'm like commenting like crazy. Right, um, right. Because <laughs> there's a show on Belly Up, Unbearable, that he talks about the Bears, pretty good. I'm on there commenting, but he was calm about it. So I was like, okay, it's because he waited till last night to do it. So I'm like, thank goodness we're waiting. But anyway, yes, the Bears offense, we score 23 points. Fine, whatever. Well, let's just address this. Montgomery still looked good up until his injury. Um, I don't know if they fully come out and said what it is yet. I know it's his knee and his ankle. He has had knee problems in the past. Um, that's a big blow to the Chicago Bears offense because he's a big part of it. Then Khalil Herbert came in, which you and I have been hammering since last season, that how good Khalil Herbert is. And he came in and did we did not skip a beat in the run game. So I'm going to be positive at first. The Chicago Bears run game is there. It, the O-line impressed me with the run game blocking. They are so damn good. I, I mean, it's beyond... It's to me. I would not be opposed in saying it's the best run offense in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah. It's hard. I think it's hard pressed to find a better one than Chicago. I think there's a few ones you could say. I think the Giants a little bit this year have made their case for for one example. But Chicago, I mean, last two games, you know, sure they lost to Green Bay, but Montgomery was in the same pace as Aaron Jones in that one. He was hitting 140 yards. Here's Khalil Herbert running for 157 right there. 
think it's the best run offense in the NFL at this time. Um, I was trying to find it now. They're only giving me 2021. 20, um, Chicago Bears for three games have 560 yards. I don't know if that's rushing or not. But the Cleveland Browns have 572. That would be, yeah. I mean, that's the other one because you got Clue, you got Clue, or yeah, you got Kareem Hunt and, you know, Nick Chubb. Yeah. So as of right now, the Cleveland Browns are number one. The Chicago Bears are number two. All right. All right. But they get, they get that nod. I still think with what it's worth and what we've gone through, I'll take it. I think it's number, I think it's number one in my eyes. So. Yeah, they just go by yards a game. So like 186 for the Bears, 190 for the Browns. We average 5.4 yards per rush. They average five. They've had more attempts, though, at 114 rushes. The Bears have only had 104. More efficient. The Giants have only ran the ball 65 times to 341 Uh, yards, and they're third. I'm saying Chicago's the best one. More efficiency right now. Yeah. Think about it, too. We've had a lot more stalls on drives than the Cleveland Browns have. That is true. That is very true. Keep that in mind. I'm saying, I think there's a case. You can argue it's the best one. Credit Montgomery being out now. You can probably see Browns fans going, eh, now you don't have your two best backs. You only got one. But Clue Herbert's pretty good. He's good. 20 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns. He averaged 7.9 yards per attempt. Like, yeah. we, I said this before you and I even started doing this last year, and then you, you, you hopped on the train that I forced you on. I threw you on and said, you have to go by this. He's he did good. throw me on hard. He's good. <laughs> He's a good running back because he had to pick up the slack last year. Um, when Was it last year, the year before he was there? I think it was last year. He's last good. Year. He's good. And I think – now people are going to have film on him, so they're going to be able to figure something out. But, like, who knew coming in that we could sit here and say the Bears have probably the best rush attack in game week three with this offensive line, with, like, a main shift offensive line they put together? It's hard to say. I, 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 think, I think we all knew that was their best attribute. Like, that was the same as last year. Like, we knew it was their best one. It's running game, for the most part, is easier than the pass game. It's run down field, but they know these guys know their assignments well. That's one thing Matt Nagy and a lot of these guys that are still from that regime kind of carried over is you know, when things weren't going rough and they had to go back to simplistic basics of running the ball, that was their bread and butter. And I think Aberflus coming from Indianapolis, seeing what they did with likes of Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, he's just saying, okay, well, shoot. You know, if we can't get the and talking to Luke Getzey as well, if we can't get this damn passing game going, just just run down his throat. These guys are both these running backs are churners and they can make the cuts. So if we give them enough holes, we can break stuff. It's just everyone now is questioning, and I think we should be too, is all right, how long does this last? This is a passing league. Mm-hmm. So run game, a damn good run game can get you far. A damn good combo can win you a Super Bowl. But when you have that bad of, a, of an offensive deficit on the throwing and the <laughs> receiving areas in question, that's what everyone's talking about after this win against Houston for the most part. Good old Justin Fields. Jesus, he can't escape anything. And even we, even with the criticism he did to fans last week, <laughs> criticism. <laughs> and then he apologized. And quotations, Bears fans. If you, if you, if if for those that listen, why you do this? This this man wants to develop. He's being honest. (laughs) He was being honest. He did nothing wrong. (laughs) It's because of how he said it. We're in a politically correct world. Whatever, man. (laughs) I'm just saying, the guy's not wrong. But what he will be wrong is if he said he had a good day because the two picks, 106 yards, another stat line that's seeming to become a normal, 8 of 17, QBR of 27. And now, as we've seen again, two weeks in a row, you got those uh, you got those classic all 22 accounts finding multiple instances. Oh, he's got guys open here, here, here. He bails on the run. Where are his eyes? He's not making decisions, which... Uh, that's going to be me. I think I'm going to pull the, the, the trigger. 
I can't post on YouTube. I read the fine print. You can't post anything unless I apply for NFL rights. But I thought I think I'm going to pull the trigger and get it. And so I can do the same thing on Twitter and be like, look, this is open. This is open. He's not doing this. He's not doing this. I said this when they drafted Justin Fields. I am on record on a podcast episode probably in the hundreds. This is going to be like 397 episode right here, like right here. Wow, you're me at 400 soon, man. Mm-hmm. First off, but anyway, backtracking. <laughs> if you count my Geek Corner segments where I talk about Marvel, I'm over 400, but I don't count those in this eh. realm. Eh. Um, <laughs> I said this when they drafted him. Super athletic. Can escape the pocket. He can run mm-hmm. very well. He has a strong arm. But he came from an offense at Ohio State, which Ohio State quarterbacks do not do well in the NFL for a couple reasons. One, they are they get the most athletes in the Big Ten coming there. So he has – there was a point where he had two rushers average over 120 yards per game at Ohio State. So that takes pressure off of him. He had stud receivers, which I'm going to get – we'll get to about Chicago because there's back and forth to this. Mm-hmm. And the play-action RPO offense he was in, all he has to do is either read the outside backer, the middle backer, the defensive end, or if they got to second-level RPOs or third-level RPOs, it's, does this safety come down? Cool, I throw it over the top. That's all he had to do. Then there was times where he could progress and do whatever. But I said this, he's a one to 2 read top quarterback. And when you get to the NFL, if he's not used correctly, this we're going to have issues. And we're seeing issues now where either the play calling is too conservative. So then when you do get to this, maybe this big passing, you know, play call where it's five progressions. Well, you're run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt. Okay, now we're going to go five wide and now you got to do this. Well, hold on. Like now you're not like just a whole bunch of things are going on. Mm hmm. He doesn't look comfortable all the time sitting there going, one, two, three, four, oh, 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 do this. It just doesn't look comfortable to him. Now it's year two. We gave Mitch a couple of times, so we're going to see. I'm going to be all over the place because I've been on Twitter reading things that people have said. But he he doesn't look comfortable doing these progressive reads. The play con's also a little conservative, I think, in what they're doing. But that's also alarming because... Does that mean he's not ready? Does it mean he just can't do it and they're just going with what they have? We don't know. But with the win we got yesterday watching the offense, it doesn't feel like it all. You know, like it was a win, but I didn't celebrate. I was like, okay, we won, but the offense sucked. It just looked terrible. And it started with Justin Fields. the, The passing game has been anemic and it continues to be anemic. And I really thought... Looking at the Texans' defense, which for all accords, that has been their weak spot yardage-wise, is that, okay, sure, they were able to slow down you know, Denver, but there's opportunities if you wanted to open it up a little bit. You know, you mm-hmm. could open it up. And I was disappointed at how little was opened up or just what was being read. You know, I, I, think, I think Fields, I see a guy that wants to get that first read out but he doesn't fully – I don't think he fully trusts what is out there is what's going on a lot of times because we hear about this hype in the offseason. Oh, he's worked on his chemistry with Darnell Mooney. Oh, Cole Komet's going to blow up. Now, credit, Cole Komet did have one solid catch that I can recollect right off the bat early or like midway through that contest. But, again, the, these connections, or at least those two, these are two guys that are supposed to be taking off in your offense this year. And Mooney, I mean, for a guy that had 1,000 yards in Nagy's system, where's he at? Right. This should be your main guy you're looking for, like a Devontae Adams with Derek Carr or, you know, like a Mike – well, yeah, sure, like a Mike Evans with Tom Brady. I mean, this is your main guy in this mm-hmm. offense. And if you built up that chemistry, you should be trying to throw to see if he's open, if he's getting space, which – some, all 22 I've seen online is that he is getting space. They just aren't connecting. And so you have Fields either holding on to the ball too long or eventually he says, F it, I'm bailing out of the pocket, which sure, that gets yards. You know, Lamar Jackson has had made an early 
few years career out of bailing out of the pocket or running design runs. You can do that with athleticism. Problem is, if you are trying to evaluate a talent that is in its second year, going into its third year, which credit, everyone knows next year is supposed to be the year that we really get serious on, okay, if this isn't a winning team, I don't know what. But that's still concerning three weeks into your second season with an offense coordinator that should be well adept to handling QB progression and QB design plays that are friendly. He got sacked five times as well yesterday against Houston. I mean, Jerry Hughes and company were kind of terrors, Mm -hmm. which I didn't see that one. either. I thought they would have a little bit of a lax day, but no, Houston had their way with this line at times too. Larry Borum is not helping Justin Fields whatsoever either. He keeps getting burned. Sam Mustafer, people have been ragging on him, and I understand as well. Yes. Um, because unless these guys are run blocking, boy, are they getting beat on yeah. a lot of instances that are making this harder for Justin to trust his offense. Roller skates. Roller mm-hmm. skates. Um, yeah, th- th- this this debate is going back and forth with a lot of people because the, the things they're saying now is, well, Justin Fields has nobody to throw to. And there's some there's a debate to that. There's some truth to that. But like we talked about, it's a young offensive core. We have newer guys that they have to figure out how to get open. Mm-hmm. But we have, like you said, we have Daryl, we have Mooney. So unless he's being triple teamed, but if he's triple teamed, throw it to somebody else. You right. should be able to see that. Or if he's double teamed, throw it to somebody else. Mooney was only was targeted six times yesterday for two receptions. So six times he was thrown to. So, and again, I, I can't recollect if he was overthrown or if he was underthrown or if he was tipped. I don't know. Komet had two catches for 20 yards or 40 yards. He had, It was 20 yards per catch. Um, Like, I don't know. You have guys to throw to, I think. Um, the Pringle was only targeted once for one catch. So, like, I think it's play calling. I don't think that it's being too conservative. It's being too, you know, safe at times. But it's also concerning to me. Do they not trust Justin Fields making these throws? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know all the answer to it. I just also think that Justin Fields isn't ready. I don't think. I think he's the type of quarterback that could have sat for a year. If he could, I'm not saying sit behind Mitch. Even though what we're getting right now. He's similar to Mitch, unless, but Mitch was better. Well, here's what's killing me is credit. It is year two and into three weeks. I am trying. I don't want to be that guy jumping the gun as hard because I, if you're on Bears Twitter, you you are just going to have a bunch of fun arguing with people on you're getting too critical early. You're, you, or no, you need to be. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be hitting hard on this now. You can see the trends. And sure, I'll, I'll say it right now. I mean, yeah, if you want to compare... Mitch Trubisky against in Pittsburgh versus Justin Fields right now. Yeah, no, Mitch is kind of looking better. Um, it's not much. He, he's still he's a game manager. But even comparing to what this offense is with Justin Fields, game manager is like supposed to be the border or sorry, like the standard for QBs. Mm-hmm. He is they're playing with whatever they have below par. And it is easily the worst th- offensive attack through the air in the NFL. Um this is like turning the clock back and saying, yeah, we're playing like 60s, like early 70s football right now where it's we're going to pound you. And if we need to throw, we'll throw. But no, we're going to we're going to pound you with our run game and make you bruised and battered, which, again, works somewhat. But once you run into an offense like, say, Green Bay or a defense that actually I can say kind of like Green Bay, funny enough, where, mm-hmm. you know, they can get both sides of the ball and take advantage of you. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Now, credit, they have an easier stretch later. Nonetheless, my point is, Justin Fields' development is so key to this year, and yet it is kind of getting scary three weeks in against 
at least, and especially against Houston now, where I'm like, okay, this is an opponent that's a young team, and they kind of made him look silly as well. It's not. I mean, it's going to be kind of a stagnant middle for the middle part of the year coming up, starting next this week or this past week onward. But the back half of the season, I'm I'm almost worried if this development doesn't keep up. What does the end of the year look like? If this is the beginning of the season with lighter competition. Yeah, because I, I, like I said, I'm going to be all over the place because I saw a lot. I said a lot. People talked to me, and I kind of calmed down from it. You know, they'll play the Giants next. If we see similar things from Justin Fields then, what's going to happen against the Vikings, who I know they've had their own share of struggles with their mm-hmm. quarterback, but that's still not something that is going to be taken likely than the commanders. Yeah, you would want to see some progression, but then you've got Patriots. They're down, but there's a guy on that side that's really good at defense, who calls defense, very good at it for many, many years. Cowboys have a good defense. The Dolphins are looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. Lions are going to come at him tough. Like So there's going to be that stretch there where if you're not seeing any progression – it's going to, like, at some point in there, if we're seeing the same thing happen over and over, it's going to be, is it the play calling or is it Fields? It, was he just thrown into the fire to, like, right away? And then it's going to come back to Ohio State quarterbacks are never good in the NFL, which is true. We have never seen Ohio State quarterback do well in the NFL. That, I'll admit that was a worry of mine coming out of, uh, coming out of college, is just the system being... You know, because some college systems aren't really QB, aren't pro QB friendly to me. Um, and I mean, to me, Ohio State's that it, to a T. It, it, it's it is a college football factory for QBs for in terms of let's go win a championship. But that to me doesn't mean it translates to the NFL. And there's still time. I'm I'm just I'm with you, but I'm just saying I'm with you. Like I've never. I don't trust Ohio State as a QB factory, mm-hmm. if I had to be honest. I don't see the evidence, you know. So credit that narrative of the school doesn't determine the athlete. That's still up for debate. Justin Fields still has time. But it's year two and three games in. Credit with some lackluster play calling. You still haven't been able to make do with much. And that TD to interception ratio is crawling up there. You know, I mean, that's concerning. Back-to-back games, with, or all three games this year, throwing crucial interceptions or overthrows on some routes. Um, decision-making needs to be better. And I, I hope it can improve in some way. Because otherwise, Fields, and this is something else I've seen with him, I don't know if it's just because it's, his, it's body mannerisms, kind of like we did with Jay Cutler back in the day. But when things are going bad, he, he you, it almost feels like you can tell it's going bad. Like, he looks like he's borderline disconcerned and like, I won't say crying, but it looks like he is like in distress if things mm-hmm. are not going anywhere. You right. know, he really relies, I think, on an emotional game for him to play up to stuff. Yeah, because the, the 49ers game when things were going like the, the momentum churned, he was jumping around, he was doing this. But if you watch Ohio State games with him there, it was the same thing. You know, if if there now this didn't happen very often because Ohio State does not lose games very often. But if something wasn't going right, um, I think they might have been playing Indiana, and this was the COVID year. I think Justin Fields threw a couple interceptions, and it just felt like things were going to go wrong. But then he flipped it around and turned it right. So this was is this is the film that these NFL guys watch and like, well, he mm-hmm. turned it around. He did this, and I don't blame colleges because colleges have become a big business almost as big as the NFL, if not bigger. And these coaches fight for their coaching jobs every single day. So, well, the, Jesus, look at the Georgia Tech like yeah. fallout. They, they, did you see the numbers for that, by the way? His buyout <laughs> is larger than like the, the ticket revenue and some of the other monies coming in from the athletics. They're paying him more than what they drew in mm-hmm. <laughs> last year. You know how nuts that is? Yeah, I... <sighs> College football coaches have the best agents in the entire planet because Auburn is paying Gus Malzahn twelve to thirteen million dollars to go coach somewhere else. LSU is oh paying God. Ed o- LSU is paying Ed Odron like sixteen million dollars. Oh, like, that, that, I mean that quote will live in legendary like uh, meme sports stats forever. Where, where, where where's the door? <laughs> where's the door? And when do you want me to leave? When do you want like, me out? Right. 
like these these college coaches make more money than the NFL coaches because of its big business. And those college coaches, the last thing on their mind, some of them is, well, I'm going to run an NFL system to make sure this guy's ready for the NFL. Like, yeah, that's probably a part of it, but like they coach for their lives. They coach for their job. Like Ryan Day at Ohio State, last year losing to Michigan, like that's a fireable offense to them. Like he and he he could end up being eleven and one, that one loss and not make it to a playoff or a championship. They could already be talking about now. To me, that's stupid because he's a good play caller, and I hate Ohio State. I hate Ohio State with a burning passion, but he's a great oh, play that, caller. Is... He's a great play caller, and I can't take that away from him. But like. These people on Twitter saying, well, like the college didn't get him ready for the NFL. That's not always their job. It is and it's not. Like, correct. The, the, yeah, because you're talking job. Like, Ohio State's there. They're wanting, they're there to get monies from TV, their massive fan base, and win championships. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they are there to do. So, Ryan Day and even and I'll admit even Urban Meyer cuz to me Ryan Day is an extension of what Urban Meyer started and yes. I just can't get over that maybe I'm wrong but I've always seen it that way mm-hmm. where it's I'm drafting for the purpose of this is what my scheme is who gives a rat's ass what happens to the NFL Sands I mean yes they like their players they relate to their top players I'm saying look they can go on and have their careers elsewhere but right now you're focused on Ohio State we mm-hmm. want you to do this you know if that helps you get to the NFL cool but this is about winning now so, right. you know, Ohio State, what do they do? They throw it deep. They have some of the best receiving, the best, arguably the best, best of one of the top receiving factories in the in the NCAA D1 setting. And their quarterbacks throw them up to those guys. And mm-hmm. then they have to find them as a mobile target, too. So they're looking, they get top dual threat QBs that can make that first, if sometimes second read, that are big shot plays or explosive quick strike plays so i worried about that and we'll see if that can change i'm holding out and this is where i'll stand on this until next year i'm holding out for year three whatever happens this year i can still critique justin fields year three to me is when i'm going to get really serious on okay we screwed up because again the bears projected cap folks it's been talked about they are supposed to have an insane amount of cash so unless they pull an Indianapolis type of setup where they start hoarding money and they only pay their rookies and they only pay the talent they bring in house, they're going to spend and they should be spending on receiving options, lineman options, if possible, if they don't get it in the draft, credit the full draft too. Next year is supposed to be the year. And if it falls apart with fields at the center and they can't get the offense moving, that's when I'll start pulling up the pitchforks and going, okay, this wasn't working. Three years to me is what you need for a QB to be evaluated. If he can't make a step in three years, and some people might disagree, I'm sorry. But at that point, you need to start thinking about your options or things better start turning the other direction pretty quick. So, We'll have our pitchforks in Arlington as we're waiting for them to yeah, show they're in, up. Yeah, they're in Arlington, Illinois. Arlington Heights, Illinois right now. <laughs> Where the hell's the team? It's in Chicago. It's what? about It's about 25 <laughs> miles that way. <laughs> Sorry. Get to, get to walking. It's 25, 20, 25 miles. The um, long march. <laughs> um, no, and that's why I'm kind of glad I didn't say anything yesterday because I actually said something. I the 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 video of the Bills offense coordinator slamming everything in the booth, which is the best thing ever. I remember retweeting it saying when Justin Fields throws the ball, that was my caption of like mm-hmm. him throwing it. And I had a coach that I had in the podcast. He's a offense coordinator for a um, NAIA school up here in the suburbs. And he tweeted at me and said something and said something I thought about. He goes, stop, you are not in the film room. You're not like there. And he comes at it from like a real coaching perspective. And so I thought about it and I said, you're right, you're right. Um, I can still critique what I see, but I'm actually not in the film room. I don't know what the game plan was. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. Maybe the guy's open on the play or not a part of his progression. He's not throwing it. Like stuff that we don't fully know. We can speculate, and I can we can sit there and say that. Um, so now the steps are we we kind of said it. We have to see progression. You see progression in teams 
so like Matt Eberflus, for example, if we don't see progression with this team in two or three years, then you start to say, was he the right head coach? We did it with Matt Nagy. We went 12-4. and four. Great. Do we progress and get better? Well, no, we regressed. We went backwards, which caused us firing. So Justin Fields, if we don't see progression during this year, starting into next year, then we go, that's it. Like, you have to see something move forward. Um, and people are now blaming the receivers and saying they're not very good. And I'm like, well... Tom Brady at times in his career did not have the ultimate wide receivers, and he's still – now it's Tom Brady, but but, but – <laughs> well, look, look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing now. Right. Uh, I mean, now, credit, they they won 14-12. It was a defensive effort that really got them that win against Tampa Bay. But I digress. You know, you make do with what you got. And a right. good quarterback can elevate an entire roster. Yes. Or an entire side of that ball. So, I don't know. Again, for – I think what also it kills me, because, again, for all the hype we've had about Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, I'm sitting here going, where the hell are you guys? Again, like this offense, if these two guys have been the focuses of what Justin Fields wants to do, why aren't these guys getting open or being – or sorry, either getting open or being targeted more? Especially That's the, my question. Especially you with know? the run game. If the run game is so good, they should be open somewhere because you're play-actioning something. We talk about it, man. Tight ends are good, can be safety valves. Why is your safety valve not being more involved? And he came out and said that. He said he wants to be more involved in the offense. He said he doesn't want to take anything away from anything. He doesn't want to be the vocal point. But he said today, I, I want to be more involved. So that's also concerning already week three when you've got players coming out and saying this. You have Darrell Mooney staying after the game in his full gear, catching footballs from a jugs machine on Soldier Field. Like... What is going on inside the locker room? Justin Fields said he played horrible. He's going to watch the film and this and that, and he's got to play better. And he, uh, saying things are good, but it's action. He needs to stop hanging out with Colin Kaepernick all offseason because this is what it does to his brain. But I digress from Colin Kaepernick. Um, overreaction, something I saw someone posted. Um, did we overreact to Matt Nagy? Was it all Matt Nagy's fault? I already no, saw that. I, I still – look, I, I think we can't get into that too early. And I, I also – similar deal to the quarterbacks, it's year one for a head coach. Um, unless it is you see a train wreck coming like an Urban Meyer. Um, <laughs> I mean, Urban Meyer is even more train wreck than like other one-and-done one coaches, you know. But like Steve Wilkes, I didn't think Steve Wilkes was going to get fired after one year. I just thought – I think people thought he was a lame duck and they let him go, you know. Back when he, I mean, it's he's almost forgettable at this point in the Cardinals coaching rotation in recent years. But mm -hmm. I didn't think he was going to get let go. So like, I don't, I don't see like Eberflus has not shown me that. Like they're two wins, they have two wins. Their defense is looking much better and I think more hungry than it had at the end of the Nagy era. Um, and I think offensively they have an identity. It's just that people want what they expect from that draft pick in fields as okay sure we have the running identity but dude we need a balanced attack right we're t we are bears fans we we know we are historically great at getting running back talent we know we are historically great at building defenses we want to stop the narrative of having garbage quarterback play mm -hmm. so yeah no Iberflus is doing everything he can to get what he has right now at his disposal as a winning roster He's not a naggy. I don't think so. But I'll give him one knock this week. What the hell were you doing at the end of the first half? <laughs> I forgot Dude, you have that. three yes. timeouts and 40 seconds. Why is this so common that we have, in recent memory, you know, between, like, the Mark, the Mark Tressmans of the world, the, the oh, freaking Matt Naggies of the world, and now we've got, of course, goddamn Matt Eberflus. Dude, call your timeouts. Look for points. Why are you giving up at the 40-yard line? Go for the field goal at the very least. Jesus Christ. I cannot believe some of the decisions. And for all the talk he's made so far this year where I, I don't know if it was week one or week two this was quoted, but he had said, I, I, I studied. I studied uh, clock management hard this offseason. No, you didn't because you would have called a timeout if you had studied clock management. You idiot. That's the only thing I'll say this week. You idiot. You could have. This could have been avoided where we wouldn't even have Roquan. Maybe we would have won by a field goal and we have stopped them on a defensive stand instead of having to flip the script and worry about going overtime. <laughs> Come on. 
Yeah. Ah. I was. I we was, were down by. We were down by one at that point. At that point I know. Or two. Like go for the field goal. What I the hell? know. Like he talks about them being mentally tough, and I was going to compliment that. I totally forgot about the timeouts. I was so flustered of Justin Fields. I forgot about that yelling at the TV. Why did you? Why? What? I'm a high it's, school it's coach and I know in, this. It's just ingrained in my brain because that's been like a common trend with recent Bears hires. You find these moments where they continue to, where I can seriously clock management or just stupid decision making. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping that's not, I don't think that's a trend. I think Eberflus has a solid core, but like, dude, you can't go on and tell people on broadcast crews that you're studying clock management and then do and that. And then proceed to screw up clock management. <laughs> And then pursue to shit the bed and not call a timeout. Yes. Uh, uh, Three timeouts, buddy. You can use them. It was, They're free. It was, Denver Go ahead. All, it was Denver all over again watching that debacle. Good God. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Nathaniel Hackett still is worse because I've seen way worse out of that man in three weeks. But that's like the only instance I got to knock him for. Dude, use your timeouts. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're giving you yards and you're able to move the ball, move the damn ball. I would say even more profane things, but I want to keep it somewhat not stupid with my language. <laughs> you know, uh, this podcast, we can do anything we want. You can say whatever no, I won't, you want. I won't say that, but that's my only thing with Eberflus. Beyond that, I mean, I guess in, in closing for me, we got to win. Um, the Bears' identity, I think, has been unfolded through three weeks. They're just going to they're gonna run the ball like old-school Chicago mm-hmm. Bears. This is what we've gotten to. We're old school Bears, higher quality defense, run game's going to be pers- persistent, and we hope to God we get a good pass or two that gets us down the field and energizes a drive. I saw this question. I want to end it with this. I saw this question. We kind of answered it, but I'm going to ask it differently. I saw this from a Bears Twitter account. It said, Bears Nation, in your opinion, is the fan base churning on Justin Fields faster than they did Trubisky? If so, why? And... Because there was a lot of stuff said about Justin Fields yesterday. There was good. There was people out there defending him. They're blaming the wide mm-hmm. receivers, but they're defending him in that aspect of they're blaming the receivers. Then that whole conversation of do you put a different quarterback on this team? Do they do better? Blah 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 blah. And there's a debate to that. Um, this is what I said to that question. They're churning on Justin Fields, quote unquote, faster because we're we're getting frustrated from watching bad quarterback play for many years. It wasn't watching a Rex Grossman taking us to playoffs and Super Bowl and then we're done with him. It's watching the stuff with Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy and now Justin Fields is sort of, and I'm guilty of this, is now kind of getting the secondhand slap from it. Like, we're done with this. Oh, you're doing the same thing? How dare you? And smack them across the head. Like, like It's kind of like you're the uh, second child. Like, how dare you? Bam! Like the middle child and stuff like that. And you know, so that's my answer. That was just a unique question I saw today. And I was like, well, they are only because we're seeing similar mistakes being made by Justin Fields we saw with Trubisky. And we're just kind of frustrated because we wasted a good defense while Trubisky was here. Like, we're just all frustrated. And he's mm-hmm. kind of getting the wrath of what has been built up since 2019. Like, from 2019 to now, there's been a lot of frustration. Like you said, pitchforks yeah. and burning things down have come along uh, from the Bears. I'm telling you, man, 20, 2018, we we had the field goal. Everyone, everything was was sunshine and rainbows for net, for 2019. You had the hundred year anniversary, and boy, oh boy, it has been. I think as a fan base, downhill ever since for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in terms of at least morale, that that's how I put it. Credit new hire helps with uh, Eberflus and yep. getting that new coaching regime in. But overall, still, if I'm looking at, like, say, like a stock market graph, it's been basically a downish line on morale for this team. So we'll see. That's all we can say is we'll see is, is all. So if, if it goes south as the year goes on, we better trade for Jimmy G at the end. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, but now that this was, is your I said time. That, I said that before yeah, last night, but mm-hmm. yes. I, I mean, yesterday does exist. Mm-hmm. He's in the same vein as Stan Orlovsky now with stepping out of the back end zone line for safety. Dan Orlovsky's was worse. He was running through the sideline. Fair. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> did, did you guys know that Jimmy G didn't have a playbook 
for the offseason because they thought that's how far gone they thought. I see. So you're saying, okay, because they, they bought that hard in Trey Lance that they just basically went, we're not sure what to do with you. They were talking about it last night. They were showing where he was able to kind of be away from the team mm-hmm. and like throw to test out the shoulder like during the summer and then to the to the camp. But he was so far gone, they said they didn't give him a playbook. Now, I'm assuming they did at some point in the preseason, but we all know in the preseason they're just going to run base stuff. So, like, I don't even think – like, they talked about it. I'd have to find more evidence. But they even said it last night. They said he didn't even have a playbook at one point until they knew he was on the team. And the playbook was probably made more for Trey Lance. And so yeah. Jimmy G coming in, he did make some throws that the receivers dropped – Yes, he didn't play 100% well, but neither does every quarterback. He's trying to come back in off this this surgery that they said is very rare for a quarterback to have. So, Yeah, wasn't his surgery kind of like more what pitchers have? Yeah, it's Uh, more for them. And, like, quarterbacks just don't normally get it, blah, 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 blah. If Jimmy G continues just to be Jimmy G, I'm not saying he's got to throw for 400 yards, 300 yards. If they're just throwing enough and they win some games – you would have to sit there and think if Justin Fields doesn't get better, you would have to think, well, do you think about going to get him if you get some receivers? That Because uh, that, uh, they talked about it before. It has been brought up before to get the Bears getting Jimmy G before they drafted Justin Fields. It was talked about. So you, it would be hard-fetched to think that doesn't get brought up again. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, to me, you have kind of a mixed bag. Because I'll also say, like, Besides that, with Fields, like Luke Getze, you know, start opening the book up. But if you don't trust your QB, then that also makes it kind of hard to say with how you want to do, how you want to run your offense. So I'm not, I'm not 100. Um, to me, though, if you, because Garoppolo will be on free agent market, it's still kind of too early to even talk like this. But I guess if you felt that badly about Fields in year two, to where you somehow felt that in year three you needed competition that hard. Maybe I don't know if he'd go there for that money, but that's the only way I think of it. Otherwise, next year I still think they stick to the path and go. It's his team, and then year four is that if he doesn't improve, we bring in like we do with Mitch with the QB competition and try and see who wins that out. With although you look for a better version of Nick than Nick Foles, you know you look for someone that's I would think more capable at and maybe has potential. I don't know. Right now it's kind of so early that I feel bad even saying some critiques, but it does concern me Mm -hmm. is all I have for it is just, I want to see some progress. I really don't want to see us go down this hole of Jesus Christ. We drafted another dead again type of thing. I'm just a Jimmy G guy. So I'm going to die on that hill. I don't care if he stepped out. I know you are. You you don't have to. I mean, I think people, if they've seen enough episodes of you on this, on this outside of even here, they probably know. (laughs) <laughs> they, they probably uh, they probably know by now. <laughs> it's fine. And and then he stepped out of bounds yesterday, and I was like, oh no, oh no. Um, but he did make like three hundred fifty thousand dollars yesterday just from playing because his contract is all goofy from being a backup. Yeah. So maybe maybe he'll come to Chicago because he's from Arlington. He's a, he grew up a Chicago fan. He's from the area. Maybe maybe he'll come be a backup, and then now they have something. <laughs> Because if nobody traded for him last year, I don't know if anybody will now, unless he plays very well. So we'll see. Because we'll see. Cowboys were going to get him until Trey Lance got hurt, and then they were like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. God. Um, but, yes, defense will, will definitely get better. We'll have to see about the offense. Maybe maybe this is a wake-up call and we bounce back versus the Giants. I'm not sure. Um this was a long one, but I apologize, but it was good. Um, mm, lot, lot to break down. Lot yeah, to break just, down. Just a lot to break down. Um, yeah, so we just need to see some progression, and uh, hopefully things will be good. Um, like, like I said, the only thing you can take away from this is we are, quote-unquote, overreacting because it's week three, but we've been hurt so many times as Bear fans. This is kind of – we're kind of done with it. Just, uh, just watch the trends. That's all yes. I can say. History just repeats itself. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that will wrap up this, unless you got something else. Only thing I got to say, remember how we talked about in the, uh, 
in the preview on how all these teams matched up. I want, I want, I want to show you the – let's go through the stats one final time. Look at this. Two turnovers apiece. 17 first downs apiece. Pretty much the exact same amount of yards. Chicago had roughly 35-plus yards more. Both, both were over 320 for yardage. The time of possession, Houston 31 minutes – or Houston 28 minutes, Chicago 31. Were they not that evenly <laughs> matched up? I'm just saying that preview prediction for us was spot on. Yeah, I, I, it is true. They 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 played similar too yesterday. They, I mean, mm-hmm. I know Texans had better passing attack than the Bears, which is not hard to do. I think my high school sure. team has better passing attack right now. But Ooh, solid burn. Burn. Hey, our first game this year, quarterback had 267 passing yards in that game, so we're better. <laughs> I always I want to say this on record. There's times I look at the TV going, let me do it. I'll do a better job, but then I remember I know nothing. I know 5% of what Luke Getzky knows about football. But anyway, um, yep, very similar teams. Uh, it'll be interesting for the Giants, another similar-ish team that they're going to be facing until it starts. The, the schedule starts opening up, and you start seeing way different offenses and defenses and uh, teams that are going to be tough to beat and compete with. And oh yeah, oh, you know, yeah. And if we can't figure out a passing attack to complement the run game, don't abandon the run. It's cool to have 287 rush yards. That's awesome. But you better have like 185 passing yards on top of that to kind of help with that, uh, in my opinion. But like Balance you said, it out, baby. Balance look, it out. Look at the trends and look at all the other NFL teams that do that. Packers run the ball well now the past two games. They didn't score a lot yesterday because they didn't finish. But Aaron Rodgers will complement that with some yards. But Look, look! I just want us to be like the Cleveland Browns right now with like Brissett. Look, if Brissett can throw for two hundred twenty plus yards per game and do a game manager role with his setup, credit he does have Amari Cooper and David David Ngakwa, Ngakwa. Just just give me two hundred yards passing. That's all I want. Yes. <laughs> Don't no subpar, no under a hundred. Get to two hundred. Like we can win so many games if you just throw two hundred yards and have a clean game with moving the chains. That's it. That's my final word. I'm done. I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> it's been it's been an hour. We I, I think I think we put our points across pretty well. Yes, uh, but every other bear show I watched was about an hour, so I think this is average. It was about the same. So I think we're on par. We're on par on with par, those. Par, yeah. <laughs> this little podcast is on par with the other ones. Love it. I uh, love it. Um. But that'll wrap up the Bears-Texans recap. They did get the win. I have to remember that. We're sitting at 2-1, playing decent defense. have to remember that. Got that dub. Got the win. Got the win. Uh, Didn't tie. Didn't didn't do any of that. So we're all good. Um, They will be playing the Giants um, next week. Uh, We'll have to get back. We'll get back and do a Giants-Bears preview again uh, and give our thoughts as more time sinks in how the giants play versus the cowboys and everything like that um go check out zach's other podcast usfl podcast inside the walls podcast fourth and four every sunday morning uh check all that out as well um i'm going to send messages to you and um kelsey every time saying i'm waiting for my invite is what's going to happen like i'm just waiting soon (laughs) soon enough we'll make it a fourth and five Soon enough. A fourth and five. That's what the Bears need. They need a fifth down in order to score more. But that's just... <laughs> Can we try it again? Mulligan, please. <laughs> um, but thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. Uh, we'll be back for Giants-Bears preview. Thanks, everybody. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. And we'll see you guys next time. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. 
Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.